Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering the best games happening Wednesday through Sunday, and this week is no different. We are live in the living room, and as always, I am joined by my three co-hosts, Andres, the Cavalier King, Bryant, first prize Flores, and none other than Louisville's finest, Mr. Champagne Chauncey. Gentlemen, 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 welcome back. In this week's episode, would you rather be the Lakers or the Nets? Our in-house Bruin rep, Flores, says, let's go Bruins. UCLA Bruins advance to the final four. The Bruins are back. Eight clap, Bruins Nation. Baseball season is here and we'll be in full swing all summer long. Listen for our MVP and Cy Young predictions. Andres could not believe his eyes last night and today. Chance stays local with his scumbag of the night, and Patrick, yours truly, stays extremely local with his scumbag of the night. We're gonna get into all this, and we're gonna answer all these questions after this message. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Where have you been lately, NBA fans? Where have you been lately? The Lakers made a big move. And the Brooklyn Nets have made a couple moves. So I have to ask myself and the panel, gentlemen, would you rather, with the way the rosters are constructed, would you rather be the Lakers who landed 27-year-old Andre Drummond or would you rather be the Nets who added 32-year-old Blake Griffin and 35-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin do have a lot of playoff experience compared to Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond does have the youth, but when it comes down to it, we all know that these moves were made to outlast one another. So you have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond basically anchoring down the Lakers and I don't know if LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are actually going to be considered part of the unit, the core unit of the Brooklyn Nets. So I ask you, Flores, since you are next to give your hero or headline, what is your preference? It, it boils down to who's the best player available of those three and who is in their prime 
what you're saying. Who's going to be in the rotation? Who's going to be a key piece to the team going forward? And the only answer there is Drummond. Um, he's still the guy that will start and will dominate. I don't think you can say that about Aldridge or Griffin. Um, so it's a pretty easy answer for me. Uh, Chance, what about you? Uh, yeah, I would have to go with with Drummond. Although I think Lamarcus Aldridge is going to be, um, you know, a key contributor off the bench. I don't think, obviously, he's the guy that he was. Definitely not in Portland, and not even the first few years he was in San Antonio. Uh, but I think he's a he's a good pickup for a guy who's reliable, who's big, who you know can get a bucket in the post. Um, you know, coming off the bench for Brooklyn and for Drummond. He's definitely, you know, it's definitely him. I'm just eager to see how he's going to fit because even though he's kind of like Dwight Howard and 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 um, JaVale McGee in size, he plays a little differently than they do. So I'm eager to see that fit. Andres. How about you, Andres? Well, no, I think you guys are all the right paths and saying everything correctly. I think clearly Drummond is for the future for the Lakers. The Nets want to win now. Aldridge and Griffin, in my opinion, are hungry for that first ring. So I think for sure they're going to be, you know, we said it earlier before, you know, the season started that we believe that the Nets, or at least I did, to get to the finals. So this is the other pieces that they needed. They're going to get to the finals. They're going to do well. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see what Drummond does and see if he's able to um, to hang with LeBron or learn from LeBron and see what they're actually going to do with him for the future. But other than that, the Nets look really good. I'd much rather be the Nets. Of course, you would much rather be the Nets. I knew that you were going to say that. And Flores, picture this before we get your hero. <laughs> before we get your hero or headline, Flores, picture this. I was telling myself that this is the better move for the Lakers. Like Andres said, I mean, the Lakers need to have a good foundation and a good core to work off of because they are the Los Angeles Lakers. And Drummond being the youngest of the three – I think they're planning to try and keep him around. And if LeBron can give them two more years and Drummond, like what you said, Chance, you know, you're um, saying, is he going to mesh well? I think he's going to mesh well because they brought him literally just to rebound and defend the rim. So you can kind of plug and play that skill set in any basketball roster. So I'm not concerned at all, but um, I just wanted to kind of give Andres a little bit of praise for saying that Drummond is basically hopefully – for the future, and I will forget that you said you would rather be the Nets. Um, so, Flores, over to you. Do you have a hero or a headline this evening? Pat, do you know what big man was traded this last week and isn't just going to a team to get rebounds and to play defense, but to save the team? My very own Bulls were part of a blockbuster trade. I cannot believe they landed Nikola Vucevic. He's been controlling the game so sweetly, so effortlessly, um, reminding me of, of how the Joker plays for the Nuggets. Uh, I saw their game that they lost against the Warriors. They were missing Kobe White, and that honestly, to me, played a key, especially when Golden State was fully healthy, but... The Bulls, man, I can't believe they actually got on the, the got on the market and made something happen. This new management team, this new GM that they have, the new coach, they're just making things happen. There was a lot of other trades around Powell, the UCLA guy going to Portland, Rondo to the Clippers, they lose Lou Will. It's just a lot of stuff going on. 
And also the 49ers happen to get a trade. That is my headline. That is my big news of the week, I guess you could say, moving up to number three, hopefully getting Justin Fields. There's just a lot of good stuff that happened over this last week. I was out of town. I went to a live basketball game, the Jazz versus the Nets. The Nets sat every single one of their <laughs> players, got blasted. I got to see James Harden, I guess, in his warm-ups and Blake Griffin dressed in the street clothes, but... It's just been a really good week with UCLA going to the Final Four, you know, the heavyweight title fight for UFC. That was amazing. Uh, Cotto is coming back to fight uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, June 12th. Anderson Silva, Cesar Chavez Jr. fighting, and also Cesar Chavez Sr. is fighting that same night against Hector Camacho Jr. So everything in the sports world is looking lovely right now, and hopefully the UCLA Bruins pull off the title run. What a crazy run by the Bruins. I mean, if you've been around and listening to everything or watching the games, you should know by now that they lost two of their best players, you know, throughout the season, and they still managed to make it this far. In my heart, I know the Bruins have a tradition of winning, but in my heart, win or lose, I would say that they are still – you know, winners and, you know, you know, in the public's eyes, that's basically how I can summarize this run. And we're going to discuss the Bruins more later on in the show. Chance, you're up next. Do you have a hero or a headline this evening? I have a headline, Patrick, and it's something that's been very, very ubiquitous and relevant in the news and the NFL world. Um, obviously, Flores was alluding to some of the trades. We have the NFL draft coming up. We have a lot of guys, collegiate guys, especially the quarterbacks, participating in the combine. But mine is a little bit more um, geared towards a current player. And everyone uh, would agree this guy was a rising star, if you will, um, as far as an NFL franchise quarterback. And that is none other than Derek Deshaun Watson. Um, and my headline is Houston, you've always had a problem. <laughs> and the reason that's my headline, fellas, is because, you know, I actually read an article. For those of you who don't know, before I talk about the article that I read, uh, Deshaun Watson has been in the news because uh, there's a, allegedly about 18 uh, massage therapists who have come out and said that he acted inappropriately, that he initially uh, went in for a massage around his glutes, his growing area. And that, you know, there were some things about him removing his towel to expose himself and then him trying to get them to do things uh, that they were uncomfortable with. Well, the newest revelation is that uh, there's 18 more massage therapists who have come out, but who are now supporting Deshaun Watson. And they're now saying that he was nothing but professional, that he was referred to them by other NFL players. Um, and, you know, the reason I say, Houston, you've always had a problem is because this article that I read was very interesting in its take. It pretty much said that, you know, regardless of whether, you know, we believe Deshaun Watson or the, or the victims or, you know, regardless whether he's innocent or guilty, you know, these stars, our favorite players, you know, as much as we love them and we think we know them, we really, really don't know them, mm -hmm. right? We don't know who they are off the field, off the court, off the baseball diamond, off the hockey uh, ring ice. So, um, you know, Houston, you've always had a problem. And, I, you know, it's funny because there's always been a, there's been a lot of um, 
lot of conspiracy theories out there about, you know, the, the, the attorney who's representing the victims. He's best friends with the owner. I'm going to wrap it up real quick and that he's, they're going after Deshaun Watson's money. Fellas, I don't know how you feel, but the timing is, is definitely interesting. And it's just created a major problem that Houston's always had. Andres, do you still want Deshaun Watson on your San Francisco 49ers roster? I wouldn't mind having him, but it doesn't make sense for them to trade up for the number three spot. So to me, in my eyes, the, the franchise is looking for a quarterback, a young kid. So I'm hoping we get Justin Fields. All of a sudden, there's this random talks about Mac Jones from Alabama. I hope not. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say he's not a bad quarterback. Clearly, he's a winner in Alabama. But I, if I'm looking for the future, Justin Fields, I think, is the best quarterback in the draft, uh, even better than Trevor Lawrence. So Ooh. I don't see why Ooh. we wouldn't get the number three Ooh. spot and pick up Justin Fields. You like Justin Fields over Sunshine. That is interesting, but not surprising coming from your mouth. Now, Andres. Andres, hold on. Andres, hold on. Really quickly, I wanted to ask you. So it comes down to it. First two picks are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. 49ers are on the clock. Do they then trade that for Watson or take the BYU kid or Mac Jones or somebody yeah. else? I, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, well, I guess what would you give up, though? You know what I mean? You're giving up the like. Who do you give up for that? And I know you have to say both of for Watson. For Watson, not for Watson now. That three pick and Jimmy G, and you're all set. Let's roll. That's what I'm. So you would take you you would take Watson right now, Flores. A hundred percent, dude. The market is so low for him right now. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, and the Four Niners, I think, are savvy enough to take advantage of that if there is a chance, and they might be playing coy by saying all this stuff about being so sure that they're going to draft a quarterback and have Jimmy G unless it's a crazy offer just to let people know, like, look, you got to come with a good offer if you want it. So I don't, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, uh, Flores. Now I'm thinking about it all. I think it makes sense for the salary cap that you get lots of the cheap and then you're trading up the number three and Jimmy G. So you might be getting a, a big return. If, if the offer is right, I think you should take it. And I think it's a very good chance if Watson's available. But, yeah, I mean, Sean's going back. This is like the fifth time we've talked about the city of Houston and let alone the Houston uh, Texans franchise. They should have just got rid of him from the very beginning and, and, you know, complied with his request of trading him. But I guess this is what comes what comes around, what goes around, comes back around. So. And can I just say, as an outsider of, like, I'm not a fan of the Niners, like Flores and Andres, personally – since the Niners have gotten the third overall pick, I've been thinking about it, and I really can't see them bringing in a young, fresh quarterback. They they need to win in the next couple years. Like their window to win a Super Bowl is small, and I I really don't think that they're going to st- roll with a fresh rookie. I think they picked the third pick to package it off with Jimmy G and get a quarterback who has played in the NFL for at least a couple years. So, uh, Andres, over to you for your hero or headline. Uh, my hero is the small country in North Macedonia. Yes, they're called North Macedonia. As of two years ago, I've always known them as Macedonia. But aside from that, this is a country of 2 million people. They 
just had an amazing day today. I know it didn't happen over the weekend. It happened on Wednesday. But you know what? The weekend starts on Wednesday. So you should be grateful that we started this podcast a little a day later to get this <laughs> groundbreaking news that Northern Macedonia beat Germany, the giant Germany team, the German machine, the world champions four times in soccer, two to one today. They were 2,200 dogs plus two, 22 to one odds. I wish I would have taken them, but good for them. There was a lot of just, they played their best soccer, everything that you needed. Um, there was, there was four, there was a total of 28 fouls in the game. I think that's how you get underneath, uh, you know, your big, big, big brother in a European country by fouling them 14 times being physical. There was five yellow cards for Germany. They, Germany looked lost out there. It's very disappointing for them to lose. This is the first time, Patrick, guys, ladies and gents, this is the first time that Germany has lost in a World Cup qualifier in 26 matches. Woo. So it's, you know, it was big news today. Uh, it shocked the soccer world. So that, those are my heroes and headlines. My hero, the little country that could in North Macedonia. So Flores is... Flores is very excited for the future of his 49ers and his Chicago Bulls. The panel pretty much agrees that Andre Drummond is the better of the three signings that just happened. Chance says Houston has always had a problem. And Andres, the little country that could, today he was window shopping, did not place a bet on one of the largest payouts of recent weeks. And those are... (laughs) Last week's Heroes and Headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this show, congratulations, you have made it to opening day baseball. Last year, we were deprived of opening day. We didn't get one. It got postponed all the way into July. So congratulations, celebrate. Baseball season is here. And with that, we have a special, special conversation reserved for our faithful listeners. I'm going to start with you, Andres. Who is going to be the AL MVP? What is your prediction? Oh, uh, AL MVP. I'm probably going to have to say Mike Trout. (laughs) Why are you going with Mike Trout? Well... I'm an asshole because I didn't pick him up on the third pick of the draft because I accidentally was at dinner and I hit the button and I ended up picking up Freddie Freeman. So, yeah, I think it's gonna I think he's gonna come and haunt me. So I'm gonna go with Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Trout, interesting, interesting chance. Who is going to be your AL MVP? Oh, great question. I am actually going to go with. Aaron Judge. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb. He's twelve to one odds to win it. Him and Alex Bregman and Jose Ramirez are the top three. Um, right behind Mike Trout. Uh, he kinda had a down year last year. And I think the Yankees wanna seek some redemption. I think they feel like they should have been in the World Series, uh, not the Devil Rays or the Rays, whatever they're called right now, Tampa. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say uh, the judge is going to put on his robe and go into his chambers and win the MVP. <laughs> Flores, who is the AL MVP in your opinion? 
well, I don't want to tell both of you guys that you're wrong, but you're wrong. <laughs> There's only one guy that is finally going to show out. I know you guys are going to remember me dropping this name last year, but it's going to finally break through this year. And I'm picking him for two things. Shohei Otani from the Angels is going to win either the MVP or the Cy Young book that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> book that. Um, is there a way where I can pick somebody that won the MVP last year, going back to back? Of course. I'm going to go with I don't two. Know, I don't know the priority of that. I don't know how, how many times it's actually happened, but yeah, why not? Uh, well, because I really like Tim Anderson, the shortstop for the White Sox. Um, Tim Anderson has always, always played extremely hard. He's still young. He's, you know, he's 6'1", so he's a little bit smaller than these, you know, Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton guys. And I feel like if you're about six foot, you're less likely to get injured. That's a total, total conspiracy theory, but I completely, completely believe in it. And furthermore, last season... Patrick, yes. real quick, on Tim Anderson, I hope, I hope that he is, because guess who has him on his team? You do. Absolutely. I'll take it because because uh, you're you're not a threat at all because if you were to have taken Mike Trout <laughs> if you were to have taken Mike Trout and Tim Anderson, I would have been like, fuck, look at Andres' team, but because you didn't go with Tim Anderson, I mean because you didn't go with Mike Trout, then you know I'm just kidding. Freddie Freeman's a good pick, but going back to my pick, I'm going with Tim Anderson. He's gonna go back to back. So Andres, back to you. NL MVP winner. Who's winning the National League MVP? Uh, well, you know what? Because I have him on my team, I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman. I think he's going to have a monster year. He's got the team finally that, that is needed in Atlanta. They got the right pitching. Uh, he's been there forever. He's got um, the young kid for plays Acuna. And this guy's going to be hopefully cleaning up in the um, cleanup spot. So he's always had a stick. I'm just hoping he has a better year this year than last year. But I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman. Chance, who is your National League MVP? Well, first of all, I'm salty that I didn't get invited to the baseball, uh, uh, <laughs> fantasy baseball league, but I, I understand that my record in, in, in fantasy basketball is so atrocious that I didn't warrant an invitation. Uh, that being said, um, <laughs> that being said, you know, I'm going to be a, a total homer here and uh, I'm going to go. Uh, with none other than my main man, Mookie Betts. Uh, I just think he's going to come out firing. Um, I just love the way he plays the game, his passion. Uh, you know, Pat, going back to your point about guys who are under like 6'1 in baseball, you know, I think he's like 5'9", and he's just an all-around athlete. Apparently he could have played Division One basketball. Um, so I just think it's, it's, it's him. But, um, you know, the thing is he's got stiff competition with other teammates as well so who knows but that's what i'm going with pat Mookie bats yeah chance and don't chance i know that you're up next if we kick out pablo we can get you in the league we can do that we got to take a vote <laughs> yes please kick out pablo i'm not sure i have chance in the league with pablo we'll, we'll take pablo. a vote we'll click out pablo we'll get chance in <laughs> but yeah pablo. chance you're chance you're up next man ne next person that says i'm out i'll be like, all right chance you're in but um 
Going over to you, Flores, who is your National League MVP? Should have been the MVP last year. Juan Soto, 22-year-old kid, taking the league by storm. He's not just the best young hitter in the game. He might be the best hitter in the game, period. So MVP right there, Soto. Soto is always a good pick. Um, And then going over to me, my pick, I'm going to go with Nolan Arenado. Uh, Nolan Arenado has always been the one of the best hitters, top three, top fielder, just everything. Every statistic out there, Nolan Arenado has always been the dude. He has never been – I mean, the Rockies sometimes are good, but now he's in, in St. Louis, and he's going to play with a lot of pride, and he's just bursting at the seams to get into the, you know, the stage of relevancy. Like when you think of the Cardinals, you think of October, you think of World Series. Nolan Arenado batting in front of Paul Goldschmidt is a scary, scary lineup. The Cardinals are going to make some noise this year, unfortunately. And as a Dodgers fan, I'm already telling you, I am scared shitless to face them in the playoffs if that happens. So Andres, back to you for your Cy Young Award winner. Who's it going to be? Um, it's a good question, Pat. You know, I want to see him do well because he should have got it last year and he got that freak injury and he tore his Achilles and he probably won't, he won't have a, I don't know, he's not having a good spring in Soroka for the, for the Braves, but I'm going to go with Snell and Blake Snell for the San Diego Padres only because I have him on my team. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a homer. I'm taking Blake Snell. Chance, who do you have winning a Cy Young award? Oof, from any league, huh? Any pitcher in uh, the league. That is a, any pitcher in the league. Uh, you know what, man? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I already picked one Yankee. Go ahead and pick another, Garrett Cole. Okay. Uh, again, guy who just, you know, came off that World Series. They thought he was going to be balling. Didn't ball as well as, you know, he had wanted or probably the team. But I think, again, this is a year of redemption for the Yankees. I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. Flores, who do you have winning a Cy Young Award? So, AL already told y'all Otani. He's taking something home, one of the two some good odds. But when it comes to the National League, to build the throne for Doug Long, this dude is just going to keep going. He's going to keep doing his thing, do a nice little legendary Greg Maddox-type run, and win another asylum. There you go. I, I am going to shift gears and go with the Homer pick. I'm going to go with Walker Bueller. I said it last year. It did not happen. But this year, I'm completely confident that Walker Bueller is going to carry the Dodgers and get them at least 18 to 19 wins. He's going to be the man. I love me some Walker Bueller. So there we have it. Everything is archived. The AL MVP, the NL MVP, and a Cy Young winner from either league. We are at the 10 minute mark. Let's jump into Thursday's action. I'm actually going to go over to you Flores 
because the first game tomorrow morning is at 10 a.m. And I believe last year you picked Hinjun Ryu to be one of your top pitchers in the game. So he's actually going up against Chance's boy, Gary Cole. So the Blue Jays are playing the Yankees at 10 a.m. Who do you think takes the first game of the Major League Baseball season? So it's the two studs and obviously the Dodgers, as much as they missed Ryu, didn't really miss him at the end of the day, but the Blue Jays will rely on him heavily this year. Um, I know the Blue Jays have had some injuries. I think their closer had to have Tommy John. They had some high expectations going into this year. Um, I know they signed one of the Astros players, uh, Springer, if I'm not mistaken, but um, they were they had their guns loaded, ready to go, and now I think uh, Springer's also on the you know uh, injured reserve for a little while. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen with the Blue Jays' high expectations, but I know the Yankees can't fail, so the Yankees have to come out swinging, no pun intended. Garrett Cole has to do his thing, and he has a perfect chance to showcase it here as the prime time, if you can call it 10 a.m. game, the prime time game. We're all going to be watching that. This is so dope how there's weekday sports entertainment with what's happened with the tournament and now with baseball coming back for the you know last half of the week right now to entertain us throughout the day. So let's see what happens. But I do see the Yankees pulling this one out, and hopefully Toronto gets to the playoffs again and is able to showcase some of their young talent again. Andres, I am thinking to take the Yankees plus the over. The over is at seven and a half. Is that a good parlay? Um, that's a little tricky, Pat. I, I, you know what? I don't know how good the Toronto Blue Jays offense is going to be, and we all know how Garrett Cole is going to be lights out. But the Yankees can cover that themselves when Ryu has a bad day. So I like the seven and a half, Pat. I, I might join you on that. That's a good pick. We will discuss this in the morning. Uh, Chance. You got the next game, 1 o'clock, the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, but Andres will say Walker Bueller starting. We're not too sure yet. One of those guys, it's either going to be Bueller or Kershaw starting tomorrow. No, Kers- 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 Kershaw's got it. Kershaw's got it. You're right. <laughs> I, I misread it. Bueller has the home start. There you, back in LA. there you go. There you go. Andres reading his funky articles again. And uh, Chance, <laughs> they're in the Mile High City taking on the Rockies and Herman Marquez. I just mentioned Nolan Arenado is no longer a Rocky. Is this going to be an easy Dodgers victory, yes or no? Uh, you know, I don't know about easy. Um, you know, <laughs> I love Clayton Kershaw, and I feel like that with it being at the beginning of the season, because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't had the wear and tear uh, on his body that he's going to come out firing. Um, but you never know because this is in a, a stadium in an area in Mile High and in Denver where the Rockies play uh, where the air is light. So that ball sails, man. Um, and they definitely have some bats, um, you know, that can, that can come to play. So I am going to take the Dodgers because I feel like we have a better lineup from top to bottom. Um, but – it's going to be a close game, Patrick, and I, you know I'll never put anything past the Rockies because they've kind of felt, felt like they've been our, our bugaboo as of late within the last couple of seasons. But I'm going to stick with 
stay tried and true and go with the blue. Take the Dodgers to win the game. Uh, Andres, are the Dodgers winning opening day tomorrow? Is Clayton Kershaw, as you like to say, is he going to get lit up? Uh, you know, it's it's tough to play in Colorado, and that ball does fly. I've seen the game there, and and I was fortunate to see Arenado just hit bang two out of the park. So, look, I think the Dodgers win tomorrow. I'm just hoping and praying that Kershaw goes at least six, is dominant. Um, I think that they will. I think they win. It's It should be a, a good win and an easy win, but nothing is easy in, in when it comes to the sports, sports world. So, yeah, I think the Dodgers pull it out. So, Kershaw has got to – his old self, and I think they got the team to do it. So I'm. I think they cover the spread at one minus one and a half. I think they beat them by like five, mm. and uh, the Dodgers are just off and running with their bats. Yeah, and then um, let's talk about Friday's matchup. So that concludes Thursday's games. There are some other Major League Baseball games taking place in the evening tomorrow night. Um, but for the sake of keeping the show, you know, a little bit more tight, Friday night, um, I'm going to go back to you, Chance. Five forty p.m. Again, the Dodgers are taking on the Rockies. And the reason why Baseball Nation should be watching this game is because Trevor Bauer, Bauer outage, is making his premiere. Is that going to be the Dodgers' first loss of the season, Chance? Absolutely. You read my mind. It's where I was going. I want to see the Dodgers win, but Trevor Bauer fail. I know that's like an oxymoron. Um, You know, I know it pretty much equals everything out, but – I don't like the dude. I just think he's a complete chump douchebag. Um, and, you know, I just – I hope he gets let up. Like, I, I, I love the Dodgers. All of our listeners know, if you're a faithful listener of the weekend starts on Wednesday, that this is the only L.A. team that I truly root for. Um, UCLA is probably a close second. But I, I just – I can't get behind this dude and his antics and him just being such a cheese dick. Um, so – I hope he gets lit up. I hope he's out of the first, uh, within the first three innings. Um, then I hope we come in and Joe Kelly or somebody comes in and saves us and we win the game. Maybe even David Price. But, um, yes, I, I think we're going to take an L on Friday at uh, 5.40. Or I guess it's 2.40 p.m. Uh, <laughs> um, ch- uh, Andres. Sean, so how, many, how many cheese dicks have you seen? Because I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Friday night, to end that night, the nightcap, this game smells like the over 100%. Flores, it is your San Francisco Giants, Johnny Cueto, taking on the Seattle Mariners, who are throwing their lefty, James Paxton, the Canadian sensation. Tell us why you are hyped for this game and this season. 
so before that, I will tell you guys this. Uh, last year and the year before, laid down bets on the Dodgers to cover, and they've covered on opening day. Uh, I think last year for sure was the Giants. I think the year before that it was as well. Colorado, they lost their star. I think it's time to ride the Dodgers to cover on opening day. It's a little tradition for me, and I think I'm going to do it again this year. Second day, third day, different story. But anyway, down to what we're going to tune into Friday, aside from the Dodgers, is the Giants. This is the second game against the Mariners. You know, there's, in my eyes, high expectations for the Giants based off of what happened last year, the possibility they went into the last weekend with a chance to make the playoffs, and then the Brewers ended up making, you know, backing their way into the playoffs because the Giants couldn't pull out a win on the last game of the season. So I'm excited to see what they can do, what they can build on. Yastrzemski, uh, Solano, Buster Posey is back, Cueto's back. You know, the fact that he's pitching the second game and not starting shows you they have a little bit of a rotation second year with the same new coach. So let's see where the Giants go. I don't give a shit about the Mariners this season. I, I don't expect them to to do much either, but I'm just hoping that the Giants are able to win this first series of the season and get off to a good start because I know the Dodgers are going to and I know that the Padres will as well. Yeah, who do the Padres open up this weekend against? It looks like they're opening up against the Diamondbacks, huh? Yeah, up against Randy Johnson. I mean, Randy Johnson, Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> 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 you're dating yourself, Florida. You're dating yourself. Hey, you know what, though? You take away the name. Could have fooled me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, <laughs> so um, those are basically the Thursday and Friday action, the games that we're going to be watching for baseball. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into the final four action for Saturday afternoon because let's be real, that's all we're going to be watching on Saturday. And then we'll close out the weekend with our Sunday games. I do. I mean, Andres, you know, he, he pretty much uh, – Andres, second prize – uh, Flores, uh, much, Pat, fellas, you know there's nothing that matters this weekend other than 5 p.m. UCLA Gonzaga. Nothing else matters. But I do got to do this PSA for my beloved combat sports. No UFC this weekend. We had a great event last weekend. I lost some money on Miacic, unfortunately. O'Malley came through for me, but Miacic got knocked the fuck out, and I lost some money on that. <laughs> Thank the UFC for that great event, though. Wow. Now, we clearly, you didn't, hear, you didn't hear our show last week where I did, uh, I was prize 2.0, and I called uh, Ninganu, but that's cool. Enjoy your vacation. Yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely should have followed second prize. Yeah, sure, I should have done that, but whatever. It is what it is. This weekend, though, we get no UFC. We do get a quick boxing fight, a nice little championship fight, WBO junior lightweight title, under 30-pound guys. It's at, it starts at 11 a.m. Pacific. Main event will probably be on, I don't know, like 1 or 2 p.m. So you can kind of watch this in the beginning of the first uh, Final Four game between uh, Houston and Baylor, I think it is. But <clears throat> Jamel Herring and Carl Frampton, on ESPN Plus, it's a fight that's been waiting to happen for a while. Carl, Carl Frampton, 
he beat Leo Santa Cruz. He was the first guy to beat him. He's been the man in the 126, 130-pound division. <clears throat> now he's fighting against Jamal Herring for Herring's WBO title. It's going to be a great fight if you guys get to catch just the main event. These are two great little guys, and they've been talking shit for years about this fight, and it's finally happening. I think it was supposed to happen a couple months ago, but something happened. I think an injury to Frampton, but now it's happening. Jamal Herring versus Carl Frampton. Pat, back to you. Let's get on this NCAA Final Four. <laughs> Arch Madness shit, though. I just wanted to throw that in for boxing. Uh, you know what, though? I love it because it does get the day started. Um, it's going to be a nice warm-up for a heavyweight fight at 215 Pacific time, my chance, my Houston Cougars. I picked them to win it all. They got to win the whole damn thing. If I'm going to get paid out, Andres picked Baylor. So Houston versus Baylor. Here is my dilemma. Is who the fuck is Giroux or Giroux going to guard, chance On Baylor, Butler... Mitchell, Butler, you, Mitchell, and Teague all have fifty. They all average a lot of points. Who do you who who does he guard, Chance? Yeah, it's a great question, and you were right the first time. His name is uh, uh, Dejan uh, Giroux. Uh, yeah, I don't fucking know his name. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, he <laughs> he. I honestly think he's going to guard Davion Mitchell, and that's because Davion Mitchell is probably um, you're right. Him Butler. Uh, you know, they, they both hover around. I think Butler's technically the leading scorer at 16 and a half, but, but Davion Mitchell's like right behind them. But Davion is usually the distributor and usually makes the most plays for the team. Um, and he usually has the ball in his hands, I say the most. Uh, when, when they played uh, Arkansas this past week, Arkansas made their runs whenever Davion Mitchell was out of the game. Mm. So he's definitely the key cog for them. And, my guess would be uh, that 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 Dijon Giroux is going to guard Davion Mitchell most of the time. Andres, and look who's still in the tournament. Samson, my boy from Houston, and um, Jim Beheim is not. What do you have to say about that? Well, it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> Houston's a better team. I was thinking about it, Pat, and I realized that Houston last year did get screwed because of the COVID situation. They did have an unbelievable team in Obi Toppin. Um, so maybe this is the universe giving Samson his – his go around. Um, I don't see it happening though. I still think Baylor is the best, better defensive team. Um, and I expect it to be a traditional, at the end of the day, the number one team versus the number two team in the country for the national title. So I'm hoping that I, I don't know who you got, Pat, realistically, because I think you're, you're really just twisted on who you really want to win. Uh, but I think Baylor still comes out on top. It's going to be a fun, fun matchup, but I think the defense. As always, defense wins championships. I'm going with the defense in Baylor. Uh, Jimmy with the stats. Jimmy Jimmy wanted to ask you, Andres, was Obi Toppin 2.0 playing for Houston? Because Obi Toppin <laughs> 1.0 was playing for Dayton. You're right. Uh, it was 2.0. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was definitely going to say something. He did it fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, I mean, I picked Houston to win it all because they rank in the top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency. And because I figured it was time for a mid-major that is a competitive mid-major to win the title. Um, so that's why I picked Houston. But going over to, uh, to you, Flores, 
the 5.30 game, it's at 5.34, UCLA versus Gonzaga. Now, I refuse to identify UCLA as a um, underdog, even though they are. And I looked at the numbers last night. You put $20 on the Bruins to win the game, you'll win 150 So that's a very enticing bet. Um, and we all know that you want the Bruins to win. What do you think is going to happen, Flores? Like, how is this going to play out? Because Jaquez, Juzang, and Campbell have looked like the dopest three-man weave, the the nicest core to take their team into this tournament. What do you think? Well, when it comes to what's going to happen in this game, it's just so poetic to me that the greatest college basketball program of all time is now the Cinderella quote-unquote underdog (laughs) to this program that has forever just underachieved so much. I mean, when you keep seeing that stat over and over that this is Gonzaga's only second Final Four appearance and their first was like four years ago, you're thinking like, wow, this this is a nobody program still. No matter what they've done, they're just still a mid-major to the core, will forever be. And it's just funny that now they are potentially the, the greatest team in the last 25 years or so. And UCLA is the one that has a chance to stop them. Obviously, whoever they play in the final game will too, but just UCLA... They're coming in as huge underdogs. They've been huge underdogs the last couple of games. They've been underdogs going into the tournament, period. So, yes, I think these players that won them 10, 11 straight games during, at the start of this season have suffered through players be injured, players not want to play. But when you have the pedigree of going to a Kentucky like Juzang did, and came back here to UCLA, you know you're getting somebody that can put up buckets. And God, did he save UCLA yesterday. That performance was amazing. And the game before, it was JJJ Hawkins doing his thing. And these guys just look like leaders. And that's what you need at this point of the season. Unlike, I think his name was Jones uh, for Alabama that got into early foul trouble, wasn't able to contribute anything that game. Nobody picked up the slack. Juzang got into foul trouble against Alabama as well, but here comes Hawkins, picks up the slack. Hawkins doesn't do much this last game because Wagner's guarding him, and Juzang picks up the slack. And they have Tiger doing his thing at point guard, who's, you know, just reminding me of all these great North Carolina point guards that have won titles, the Ed Codas of the world, the Earl Watsons of the world back in the day for UCLA. So excited to see what happens. I know the Bruins are huge underdogs, but. You still got to ride with them, L.A. Come on. Uh, Andres, your handlebar mustache. I know you saw it. I know you've been loving it for Gonzaga. Kispert, Timmy, and Suggs. Those are the champions you picked in your bracket. Do you really still think that – I mean, UCLA has won five in a row. UCLA ended the season winning like four out of their last – six i'm sorry they they lost like four out of their last like seven games you think ucla beats gonzaga uh no absolutely not look yes they beat morrison however many years ago when 
floors was smoking out of a bong in his college dorm room 15, <laughs> 17 years ago. Whatever it may be. Yeah, look, I get it. A hell of a run to UCLA. I give them all the accolades in the world. Congratulations. You weren't even supposed to make it. You were the first one out, first one in. You've made it. I think maybe this is the fourth time that a fifth time that a double seeded team or somebody from a playing game is in the final four. Look, hell of a program. They're going to make noise in the future. I have a lot of faith in this coach in Cronin, but this is where it ends. All right. You, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I think they're going to get blown the fuck out. No, they're not. Gonzaga has, yeah, they are. Gonzaga has only, and again, they're the only undefeated team uh, surviving in this whole season. They're trying to become the the most recent team to win it all undefeated. It hasn't happened in 44 years. So, like the, the Bobby Knight teams, this is Mark Fusier. This is probably the best team he's got ever. He's got Suggs. He's got Drew Timmy. These guys can shoot the ball. They have a hell of a fucking bench. They've bought players. I'm just saying this game is over. I predict Gonzaga to win by double digits. They've only won, uh, sorry, not won one game more than double digits, and that was against West Virginia. So I'm just saying this game's going to be a blowout. Gonzaga to the national title game. Chance, are you croning with the homies or what? You know, and you know, I, I'm actually going to touch on that a little later, Patrick. Uh, on Nick Cronin, big fan of his. Very, very, very happy for him um, on making his first Final Four. But um, you know, this is going to be a tough game, and it's definitely like you know, Flores is a boxing guy, a combat sports guy, and uh, you know, like you know, those sports. This college basketball is very much, especially March Madness, is very much about matchups, right? And um, this UCLA team is they're going to be outmanned as far as talent, um, but they're not going to be outmanned as far as grit and heart. And I think if they can figure out a way to slow down Gonzaga offensively, because um, in my opinion, this is probably the most offensively fluid team I've seen in years um, in college basketball, then I think they have a shot. But honestly, I will be surprised if UCLA – keeps it within the spread, which is 14. Um, it, it, I, honestly, if UCLA can keep it under that 14-point margin, I will be very, very, very surprised um, because we saw what, you know, this Gonzaga team do, did to a hot USC team that has two NBA prospects. Um, but the, the Bruins do have some things going for them. They, they've won five in a row. Um, they beat a bunch of teams they weren't supposed to beat. Johnny Juzang is um, – an equal talent. I mean, to Flores' point, this is a guy who went to Kentucky. He was on a Kentucky team that sent four guys to the NBA that year. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who could play at the next level. And Tiger Campbell has the best turnover or assist to turnover ratio in the Pac-12. So he's a good decision maker. Um, you know, Juzang's averaging 21 and a half points in the tournament. So he has no problem carrying the load. But they're going to have to get some help from some other guys. You know, Triple J is going to have to help. They have a guy, I think, um, another guy, I don't think his name's Campbell. I can't remember his name off the bench. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. He averages, I think, 47% from the three-point line. So it's going to have to be by committee. I don't think it's going to happen. But um, it would be an interesting game because Mick Cronin is the great coach. He's a great defensive coach, which is how they beat Michigan. And um, it will be interesting to see this matchup. But I do see, unfortunately, Gonzaga – moving on, going to the championship game on Monday. 
I mean, well, let, let's be real though. Like if UCLA doesn't make the finals, the championship game, the ratings are going to be kind of low. I mean, we're going to be watching the junkies. Like we're going to be watching the game, but um, UCLA, like let's say it's Gonzaga and any other team, it's really going to be a regional kind of ratings kind of game. But nonetheless, I want my Cougars to win. Flores needs his Bruins to win. Andres needs Gonzaga to win. And Chance just doesn't want Andres to win the bracket challenge, right? Is that fair, everybody? Yeah, man, I just hate Gonzaga. Almost more than Trevor, Trevor Bauer. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving into Sunday, the last Fucking game. <laughs> the Gonzaga Cheese Dicks out of Spokane, Washington. Um, so... Sunday, 12.30 p.m., the Lakers play the Clippers. Speaking of Los Angeles basketball, um, I'll go to you, Andres, because you are, I guess you were an adopted, baptized Clippers fan when Brian took you to the game. I looked at the injury. No, that's, not, that, that's not true. I've been a Clippers fan. Well, I mean, I've been a baptized Clippers fan since I was a kid. I remember seeing them at the, uh, the great uh, sports arena. Back in the day, and my, my dad would get tickets from his firm, so we would go quite often. Uh, actually, that's where I would see Jordan against the Clippers, too. So, pre-Brian, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Clippers fan, I guess. I've, I've got some stuff with them. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, Pat. Okay, so you have the Clippers winning on Sunday against the new-look Lakers? I, um, if everybody is healthy for the Lakers, no. But at this point, it doesn't look that way. So, I'm going with the Clippers. It should be a blowout. We have many fans of the Clippers, especially in the Champagne Chauncey fan club, who are Clippers fans. So I'm going to go with the home team in the Clippers and beating up on the Lakers. So can I pre- can I make a bold prediction that on Sunday the Lakers win by 11 or more? Sh- sure. Chance? Uh, the Lakers win by 11 or more? Yes. Is LeBron back? We don't know. Even if he is back, though, Chance, even if he is back, do you really think they're going to beat, beat up on the Clippers by 11 points or more? Absolutely not. So you accept? So, so you're, okay with that, you're okay with that bold prediction? Then? I am okay. I'm more than okay with that bold prediction. Flores? Okay. Yeah, me too. And I'll throw in a bold prediction myself that UCLA beats Gonzaga. Can we run with that? I know it's last kind of segment, but didn't get a chance to throw that in since we're doing the bold prediction. I, I agree with you. Can I? Can I, I'm gonna one one up you guys on that bold prediction. Can I get Gonzaga to cover the spread and beat them by 15 or more? No. Why you think UCLA's gonna win? Why? That's 15 points. That's a lot of points. Okay, well, I'm giving the points by saying that they're going to win outright. It's a lot more challenging than saying that Gonzaga's going to cover. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. You'll get you'll get 14 points if they win. Sure, no problem. So, what is your bull prediction, uh, Andres? We're not accepting 15. So, what, like 20? <laughs> I'm co- to cover the spread. I think that's more than enough. I think that is a bull prediction. Well, all of a sudden, you guys are. They haven't, like, UCLA has covered the spread across this whole tournament, Patrick, and they won outright. There were seven-point underdogs the other night against Michigan. 
They were in seven-point underdogs. They were three-point favorites against uh, Adeline Christian, and they blew them out. So don't give me this hogwash of like, oh, like I need more points. No, either you believe in UCLA or you don't. So I think fourteen. I think fourteen and a half is a hell of a lot of points considering the run that UCLA is having. But, I'm just saying that Gonzaga covers the fifteen. What What you think and what do, we ex- do? Twenty points. Do twenty points, and we can run that. How about that? And give me okay. If they beat If they beat them by twenty points or more, I expect. Uh, fourteen points in my bowl prediction. No, no, I'm giving you five extra points, dude. I'm getting okay in Vegas. If you cover the spread and you say they're going to win extra by more, there's a there's an odd for that, and it's higher payout because they don't expect that to happen. So I'm just saying, either give me the seven points at the covering the spread of four, fifteen or more, or double it up and they cover by twenty or more. Charles, what are your thoughts on this? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. You know uh, okay, so here, here's the thing, Andres. Here's the thing. What you think and what we accept are two different things, first of all. And second of all, you re- – I already owed you guys. I, I have to pay up because everybody in the mother has been winning on these bull predictions except for me for the last four months. So I don't know. Okay, so I will say I'll give you 18 points or more, but that's only seven points because you already picked Gonzaga to win the entire thing as a bold prediction because you went all chalk, but we'll get to that in the next segment. <laughs> Shots fired. 18 or more? I'll, I'll, take, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take the 18 or more. I think they're going to blow them out. And you know what? I'm going to be laughing at everybody's fucking faces. Yes, give me the 18 for seven points. No problem. Flores? Yeah, I'll take it. All right, Chance? I'll take it as well. Okay, 18 or more. It's settled. Um, Chance, you have a few minutes to figure out if you have a bold prediction that you would like to say. No pressure to say it now. But, um, Andres, can we get you back into a more happy mood? And can you give us the Sunday night baseball special? And I'm always happy. I'm just, you know, I'm a little frustrated. I'm salty like Chance for not getting invited for the, you know, fantasy baseball league. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) So to close out, so to close out the weekend, five thirty, the White Sox are playing the Angels. Uh, I think Shohei is actually pitching um, this this evening. And I gotta ask you. um, We'll keep it with you, Andres. Do you think the White Sox or the Angels win? Um, What is the vibe? for the bets on this game that you would go with? Um, it's, I'm sorry, is this game in Chicago or is this game on the... It's, it's, in, it's in Los Angeles and there's oh. tickets available as low as 20 bucks. Just Are pay. we going, guys? Can we go? Can we make this a thing? No, it's, it's Easter. I can't go nowhere. Yeah, dude. Easter <laughs> Sunday. I'm, I'm going to be a good Catholic. Uh, um, forgot about that. <laughs> um... You know, it depends on who's on the mound, but honestly, uh, I'm going to go with the Angels. I think the Angels will sneak squeak one out at home uh, on national television on the Sunday night game. Uh, Trout will probably hit a bomb or two. They also have uh, Rendon, if I'm not mistaken, and I think they're going to put up some scores. So I'm going with the Angels, taking the home team. That's my pick, Pat. All right, and Chance, um, is there a bold prediction that you would like to record in this baseball game to kind of give 
the Angels White Sox a little bit of excitement for this uh, show? Uh, sure. My bold prediction would be Tim Anderson hits three home runs in the game. Ooh, wee! Three home runs? Damn! That's a lot. I'll take that. Three. I'll three, y'all. Yeah. Three also, home runs? You think they're going to blow them out? Yep. I mean, if he's going to be, if he's, if he's going to win the MVP, then I mean, why not start now? <laughs> there you go. I like that. That's a hell of a bold prediction. I love it. That's great. So we got some bold predictions in. Uh, we got our final four picks in. Um, the championship The championship game will be on Monday. So I'll have to figure out a way to get your guys' um, winners on that day to post it on Monday night. But um, that's, that's all the entertainment. Scumbag of the night is coming up next. Stay tuned. Those were not 
I give all the credit, but UCLA, UCLA didn't beat themselves toward the end of the game against a very superior quote unquote team. And they played great defense to make these shots not easy. They didn't bust their defense. They didn't do anything. They played strong defense to make them all contested and difficult shots. And that's what happens. 1000%. And that's the issue that I have with Michigan does being my scumbag, right? They were they were supposed to win this game. They were heavy favorites. They were seven point favorites. They couldn't even cover. They got they lost outright. But look, nothing against UCLA, but Michigan had every opportunity, and they shouldn't even have been in this predicament to begin with. They should have won. They had all the big guys. They had no excuses. They had Wagner. They had the. It's just it's frustrating, Flores. But you're right. Nothing they can take away from UCLA. <laughs> But Michigan, fuck you guys. I'm done with you guys. Guys, hey, so uh, <laughs> speaking of Wagner throwing up that air ball, one time, first of all, I would have hit that fucking shot, right? For sure. I would have nailed it. Top of the key, right on. Just <laughs> nothing. Would have. I've, seen you put, I've seen you hit a game winner, Pat, in the buzzer. A, exactly. Buzzer beater with a, a fucking bank three. Exactly. So we don't have to get into that. But we, we already know that I could hit that shot because one time I fell asleep watching NBA TV. And I dreamt because I fell asleep watching NBA TV. I dreamt that I was drafted by the Mavericks and my scouting report was excellent vision, quick handles can hit the open J that was my scouting report. And I would have nailed that fucking shot. And I, I, I replaced, um, what's his name? Nahara, the other little Mexican. So the, the Mavericks drafted me to replace him. That was my dream. So I probably would have made that shot. Uh, Chance, over to you. Who is your scumbag of the night? <laughs> well, just so you know, Eduardo Nahara was like 6'8". So, um, you know, maybe that's why they, you know, drafted you because they needed to, you know, complement your 6'8 <laughs> frame with your 6'2 frame. Who was the um, little Mexican then? Was it Berea? I think I think you're thinking that you replaced J.J. Berea. Okay. he's like... Puerto Rican or he's Dominican not, he's or Puerto Rican. Like he's not, yeah, he's Puerto Rican. He's <laughs> yeah, but that—that that is hilarious because I am now picturing you when I'm picturing JJ Barea getting exactly. knocked the fuck down by Andrew Bynum in the playoffs years ago. Uh, Talk about an old relic, a relic of a name, Andrew Bynum. What happened to that dude? Um, but. You know, it's funny that Andres was giving uh, Michigan his scumbag of the night. Um, I mean, I, I can sympathize with them because I had them winning the, the, the title. Um, and look, in, in Juwan Howard's defense, he's not out there playing. He's taking them as far as he can with their best player out. And they also have the best recruiting class coming in next year. So I think they'll be fine. Uh, that being said, my scumbag of the night actually is the other team and not UCLA, the team, not Nick Cronin, the coach, but actually UCLA and the athletic department and its administrators. Because for those who don't know, Mick Cronin was actually the third choice to take over the coach after Steve Alford first the athletic department was trying to go after Rick Barnes, who now coaches at Tennessee. His claim to fame is he's taken Texas to the Final Four and that he also recruited Kevin Dar uh, Durant to Texas. The second choice 
was Jamie Dixon. And his claim to fame is he used to coach Pittsburgh and it took them to Elite Eight. <laughs> so I don't really know why, you know, he was such so high on their list. I think he might be a California guy. That's why. And then they got to Mick Cronin. So I'm just coming at all you UCLA administrators, you athletic department, uh, you know, employees, and some of you fans who are so against Mick Cronin being your coach, because I think this is exactly what UCLA needed. You know, UCLA is a blue blood, blue blood, uh, you know, program. They've been in 19 final fours. They won, I think 11 chips. So, I understand why you feel like you have this mystique and why you feel like you have to have a coach who has a little bit of a, a cachet or a flair. But I honestly think this is what you needed. A Midwestern guy who's 5'10", who had to walk on his college basketball team, who is gritty and defensive-minded. So my scumbag of the night is all you UCLA administrators and athletic department folks who question Mick Cronin because now he's got you back to where you used to be in the Final Four. Amen on this. Sean, Go ahead. Real quick, do you think because of the Midwestern ties and his height and stature and what he had to, um, you know, overcome the adversity that he's faced it, do you think that he's the next coming of the Wizard of Westwood? Oh no, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to go that far. And like, <laughs> let's let's be honest, it's going to be hard for him to get back to this place. I mean, I know he's got a McDonald's All-American coming in next year. Hopefully, Juzang will stay. Um, you know, hopefully he doesn't go pro. But, um, you know, I, I think my whole point of it is just like, look, man, I think you need, like, it's okay to switch it up. I understand why, why you would go after Rick Barnes. I think that would have been a great hire for UCLA because he's a great recruiter and coach. But I, I don't think, I think all the flack that Mick Cronin was getting was, wasn't fair. You know, UCLA, let's be, let's be honest, guys. UCLA is not, unfortunately, what it used to be. And there are a lot of schools like that. Indiana isn't what it used to be. You know, there's some schools out there like that, Georgetown. But at the same time, like, maybe you needed this guy. Maybe you needed a guy who was gritty, who was going to recruit players who wanted to be there and who weren't just trying to go to the end. Howland, who took you guys to three straight Final Fours, they are very similar. Right, they play a defensive-minded, you know, they're defensive-minded coaches who, who who are gritty, and I honestly think it's going to work. I really do think it's going to work, especially now because he's already taken you guys in his second year to the Final Four. Yeah, um, I was just going to say Amen on this Holy Thursday, Chance. Um, great. I'm sorry, not Holy Thursday, but it will be Thursday tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, I I think that a lot of it has to do with. Just how you coach your team, you got to work with what you have. And uh, the the Bruins are a team through and through. Um, they have some star players, but they have that team aspect. They have that team mentality. And like what you said, they have the heart. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully they win it all so Andres doesn't win his bracket. Um, and I don't have to pay him out. Uh, Flores, who is your scumbag of the night? And as the resident Bruin in-house, I did just want to comment. Shout out, Bill to the UCLA Athletics Department for dealing with what they have to deal with. It's the same as when USC goes and hires a football coach, just all the scrutiny that goes into it. They pull the trigger on somebody they felt at the time was the best they could get, and it's worked out. They've done some great things around him as well, like signing with Jordan that we've talked about. 
Uh, Nick, the McDonald's All-American that Chance was referring to first time in like, I think three years or so, they've gotten that. And Cronin wants to go the route of not one and done. And maybe that's why UCLA wanted to try something out first. And if that didn't work out, okay, we can run that. Because keep in mind, as much as we say UCLA hasn't done much, they were just a top team with Lonzo Ball like four years ago, four or five years ago, and we're expecting to have the Ball brothers all go to UCLA, including LaMelo, <laughs> for a year. So UCLA was still has been in the mix, and they wanted to keep swinging big. So I could see why they wanted to go one route, but I'm glad that they went the route they did and that things are you know scheduled to keep going well because they are in a good position. Now, back to my scumbag. It's kind of a light scumbag. It was... It's more awkward than anything. It didn't happen this last weekend, but the weekend before, keep in mind, I did miss last week's show, and I didn't want to talk about this. Uh, in the UFC fight, I think this was actually the main event. Kevin Holland was fighting Derek Brunson. Holland is kind of up and coming. Brunson is more like the wily veteran that just keeps his mouth shut and goes to work. But Kevin Holland would not stop talking the whole fight. Khabib was ringside and Kevin Holland kept talking to Khabib. And I'm talking about literally looking at him and having conversations with him. And Kevin Holland lost the fight. He lost every round of the fight. So it's just really awkward when you're losing the fight and you're still having this persona of talking to everybody ringside, talking to Dana White, talking to the announcers. Meanwhile, you're getting your ass beat. So it just... I don't know if the dude was actually scared on the inside and that's kind of a way to protect himself uh, subconsciously. I don't know what was going on. He lost every single round. He kind of embarrassed himself, and that's my scumbag of the night. Kevin Holland, meanwhile, Derek Brunson went out, did his work, swept all the rounds, won the fight, won his money. I don't know what the fuck that was, but if you guys check that fight out, it is awkward just to see. This is the first time I've seen somebody talk so much in a ring, and it was really, really awkward. I can't emphasize that enough. I remember Andres used to talk to the refs in intramural basketball, huh, Andres? Oh, all the time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the volunteer student refs, Andres would mouth off to them if he didn't get the fouls called that he needed. Um, and... Uh, we're, we're talking about March Madness, and we're talking about UCLA being a Cinderella team. We're talking about brackets, and the whole excitement of March Madness is that final Final Four weekend, you should have a mixture of teams in the Final Four. You have an 11 seed, you have a 2 seed, and then inevitably you have two number one seeds. And I was looking at the bracket, and if Baylor wins and Gonzaga wins and Gonzaga wins it all, Andres, you win the pool of money. I don't know if you realized that. Did you know that? No, I didn't realize. I thought I was going to lose to Oliver because he's got more points, and I know he has uh, Gonzaga as his champion. I didn't realize it has to come down to Oh, because you picked Baylor. Baylor. So, oh, right. That makes sense. But I didn't, I, you know what? I kind of just, I, I stayed away from, from watching it. But yeah. Okay, go ahead. So then I was looking at your bracket and I said, this motherfucker, he picked all number one seeds to make it to the final four. And for that reason, Andres, <laughs> you are my scumbag of the night. You are responsible for ruining my sports happiness. I would have. Is, is it because I outsmarted you? I've no, no. It's because. 
you would have been the last person in the world I would expect to chalk a bracket because <laughs> it's just, but as the saying goes, the needy get greedy. And um, right now you're being extremely, extremely greedy. And I, I really, really want Houston to win now. And not because I would like the money, because I don't want you to chalk your bracket, pick all number one seeds, and win the pot of money from all the rest of us. I mean, Chance, I'm gonna, did you... I'm gonna, in my defense, though, I only picked number one seeds because of COVID, because uh, limited games. I thought, well, Illinois was the biggest disappointment, but I really thought, based on all the, the games or all the basketball that I saw all year, that the number one seeds were the deserving ones and thus making sense for picking all of them to get to the final four. Right. Just for my defense. Yeah, right, right. Chance, did you realize this about his bracket? I did not, but, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I want, I'm not going to be mad if Houston wins, but I, I do want Baylor to win because I think that they have a better shot at beating Gonzaga. I think if Baylor wins, that means Gonzaga might lose on Monday. So that, that that the only way that if Baylor wins and then Gonzaga, if Gonzaga and Baylor win and Baylor wins the championship, that means Oliver wins the money. So um, there's a lot of scenarios. The scenario boys will be out this weekend. So Andres, I'm disappointed in you. You take a lot of pride in knowing statistics and facts that other people do not, and you would be the last person that I would have thought to chalk your bracket. Does anybody have any statements they want to share before we end the show? Happy Easter. And if you're betting, good luck. Happy Easter. If you're betting, good luck. Um, this is the second anniversary of the weekend starts on Wednesday. We went on air to produce our first show towards the end of May. But the weekend before Final Four is when we sat down and mapped out the game plan of the show. So the existence of the weekend starts on Wednesday, hits two years every year before the final four. So congratulations, um, fellas, a toast to you, a toast to many more years to come. If you're going to place any bets this weekend, good luck, and we'll see you next week.